hour on the program. Ten after, we'll give you a keyword. You text it in, and money all yours. Speaking of which, tomorrow, 9 o'clock, major, major roadblock announcement. Nine major o'clock one. Yeah, tomorrow. Okay. 9 o'clock, we're going to give you some uh, info on the iHeart Awards. Yeah, a little bit of that going on tomorrow, 9 o'clock. Right, Coming like up it. today, 9 o'clock, new Church Tuesday, new Justin Timberlake, new Judas Priest, and I'm unable right now to track down the Kid Rock song that I wanted. We're going to take a look online, see if we can find that. Oh, we're going to get it. And uh, we're going to get the new Kid Rock, which is American rock and roll. I kind of want to hear that. Um, so there's a video online right now that I want you to take a look at if you haven't seen it yet, WRQK.com. It's the president at uh, the national championship game, and there are people who are now uh, who have accused him of not knowing the words to the national anthem? Now I'll be honest with you, did not stay up to watch the national championship game last night. Was asleep well before it started. Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I, I think college football is dumb to do it on a Monday it's night. It's not their, it's not their choice. The NFL has told them, look, we're putting we're putting games on Saturday and Sunday for the NFL. We own the TV. You stay away from us. You can't. They couldn't. They couldn't get a deal where it's like, hey, we play it the Friday night before, like Saturday at noon prior to the playoffs. Starting. I, as far as I've been told the NFL has told NCAA football, we own the weekend, stay away from us. That seems ridiculous to me. That the NCAA would just be like, okay, all well, right, we'll find. Here's, right. here's what I think is hilarious. The ratings again down for the wild card game this week in the NFL. Everybody wants to tell me how much trouble the NFL is, yet they can tell a whole other football system, sorry, no, not allowed. I would so, just, I, I would think that a Saturday a game for them. A that's what game. I wanted. I want a Saturday night eight o'clock national championship game because then I feel like I get to watch it. Monday night eight thirty for me might as well be four o'clock in the morning. And I, I think a lot of families probably feel the same way. It's like, dude, we're back into school now. It's not like this happens over the break where you can like actually watch it. It doesn't happen like you know going into that holiday. It's just, it just, it seems like a terrible time to put your to put your premier prime time. You know, and if you're not a fan of either. Franchise, Like, if you're not a Georgia fan, if you're not an Alabama fan, what are you really staying up for? Right, 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 right. If you're just watching it just because you're like, hey, yeah, I like college football. Yeah, staying up till, and I would imagine that game went three-plus hours. I mean, it went into overtime. You're staying up till 1 o'clock in the morning at that point. I mean, that really is a tough go for, I think, for a lot of people. So I just feel like that's that's, a bad move for them. Well, again, not their move. Somebody made the move for them. Alabama edging out Georgia by three there. And so the president on film... And it does kind of look like he does not know the words to the national anthem. It Now, again, I didn't stay up last night watch it. I've watched this video a couple of uh, times this morning via the, our website, WRQK.com. And it does kind of look like he's doing the... Like when your seventh graders in like a musical at the school and they don't know the words, so you just tell them to say watermelon, 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 because nobody's going to know. It kind of does look like that. And so like this has got me thinking all morning. Like, is it standard for the president to be at the national championship game? I don't think it is. Like, I would think I would remember that. Now, maybe it happens so often that it's just like, no, dude, you don't think of it because it always happens. But it was the first thing I thought of, which is, dude, why is he there? Like, normally, don't they send, like, video clips to these kind of things? Like, the Super Like, I remember being a kid, Ronald Reagan would send, like, a video to the Super Bowl. Now, that's NFL versus college, but, like, all the more reason you would think the president would go. But... I, I wasn't aware. Now, I'm sure there's been times where they've went and haven't gone. I just didn't think this was standard. And why, first of all, did nobody prep you? Like, why did nobody say, dude, maybe get a prompter in front of him? Like, maybe get that. Like, maybe get something to make sure this doesn't happen. Or don't sing the national anthem. 
Right. Just kind of stand there. Right. Just stand there and look presidential standing there in a row full of military men well, and women. I mean, how many times do you have to hear the national anthem before you can, like, sing it? You know what I'm saying? Like, here's the other thing. I said to fans home before the show started. I said, I'm willing to bet that the national anthem, for most people, is a lot like the ABCs. You sing it. Right? Where it's like you start, it, it just inherently, because that's how you learned it. And it's like one of the reasons why when you get pulled over for a DUI, they tell you, say your ABCs without singing it. It's because they're, they're it's timing and all that. You're right? thinking about it. You're right. thinking about it. As opposed to just like, you know. Letting it go. Right. And so they're they're looking to see how much you stumble. So like I could maybe, but then everybody's kind of singing it around you. And so why didn't you just stand there and not sing it? And it's safe to assume that the president hears the national anthem every day, right? I mean, every day. There's no way that you don't go to some event over the course of the day where they play the national anthem at least five plus times a week, right? At least the music track of. Yeah, you. I mean, on a regular basis, I mean, you're hearing that walks song, in, right? Don't they just like start banging on it? So, to me, like, I, 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 if you know, at the at the queue up in Cleveland, they'll do it before the Cavs games, where everybody sings along to the national anthem. It's supposed to be this really special moment. Now, if you look around, a lot of people are just kind of like, and the rockets, and you're just kind of mumbling through it. But like, you're the president and you're the president who's made such a big deal about the national anthem it's not like this is just like hey dude i'm sorry i went out there and i botched it this is the guy who is essentially like you know done the respect for the national anthem respect for the national anthem that's been his entire you know yeah i mean you can't get on the nfl guys for kneeling for it and then not know it I and mean that's that's a little that's a little tough. As far as presidents going to national uh, championship games, there's a couple of other examples. All presidents at some point in their tenure, it seems like, over recent presidents, have gone to college football games. Okay. So, all right. I mean, I, I didn't think it was egregious that he was there or anything. My thing wasn't like get back to Washington. Like I like when the president kind of goes and does like everyday American things. And I feel like that's an everyday American thing, like the national championship. Like, we all kind of like it. Now, a lot of them are the Army-Navy game, but there's sugar bowls, there's rose bowls, there's plenty of, you know, orange bowls where where guys were going to, you know, high-profile, you know, collegiate events there. Huh. I just, uh, I didn't remember that. Like, I didn't remember Barack Obama being at one of the national championship games. Uh, he was one of the guys that only went to Army-Navy. I think he was at Final Fours, though. I can remember him being at basketball games. Yeah, he liked basketball a little bit more than the, than the football, it seemed like. It seemed like he liked going to basketball games, which is fine. Taking a sporting event. I'm all right. Like, I'm not one of those guys who doesn't think the president should do stuff like that. I like when the president kind of is like on a human level is kind of interacting with us the way we do stuff. We want to go to, you know what I mean? We would like to be at a Final Four game. I'm totally fine if presidents do that kind of stuff. I just, Fantone's right. You can't bang on the NFL guys for kneeling and then not know the worst of the national anthem. Just stand there. And here's the other thing, and this is total nitpicky. Okay, and I'm not not I'm not looking to knock this particular president. I would say this about anyone, and this is a little nitpicky. But if you look at it, and I have this issue, and this is why I noticed it. All right, just for the record, I'm not here to bash Trump over this. I have this problem, and that's why I noticed it. Is that he's not even standing still. Like, he's kind of, like, rocking back and forth and kind of, like, and there's a little bit about that where it's, like, again, this is what presidents, they're kind of statuesque. Like, you're, you're, you're just kind of standing what they call at attention. 
Like the, everybody else in line, obviously military, standing at attention, no wavering. And there he is just kind of like bobbing around and it's noticeable as all. And I have that in me and I hate that about me. Now, the difference is to me at the very least is that like you're standing up in the stands versus standing center court. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where it's like, well, dude, yeah, people are going to do that. But when you're... All eyes are on you. Right, when you're the, the focal point. So now, be, this is an interesting point, but via Twitter, I'm being said, you know, half the country a bunch of morons, and now we're lip-reading experts. It, yeah, except for the fact, though, that he gives up singing it in the middle of it, and you can see it. Like, oh, I don't know this part, and he gives up singing it. And, and, and we know the lyrics to the song, therefore, I I mean, I'm not, I'm not like guessing, well, what is he saying right there? I'm seeing that his mouth is not in sync with the lyrics of the song. He gives up singing it. Because he doesn't know. He goes through moments where he's singing, then not, and then picks up again. And that what's he doing? He's dropping out where he doesn't know what the words are. Again, I don't know if that's the biggest problem in the world. But it is alarming. Or it, people are going to rake you over the coals when you have been the, the national anthem is to be respected guy. You would think, just, I've said this a couple of times about him. Just self-preservation alone. You would think he would double prepare for moments like that as to not walk into this mess, as to not have this be the conversation. Like, I would think he would want to stop some of this. And again, I'm not looking to jump up and down on him. But let's not pretend that if George Bush got this wrong, that we weren't going to mess with him. Or if Barack Obama, Clinton, any other president, would this would have been morning show fodder, SNL fodder. It just seems to be that this president, for some reason, you aren't allowed to mess with without people taking it so personally that they foam at the mouth at it. I don't understand that. I don't know from, I don't, that's, I guess, my ultimate point. I don't know from where he gets this allegiance. I can understand going, yeah, dude, I can understand the people who voted for him. Like, yeah, man, I voted for him. I thought he was the lesser of two evils, blah, 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 this and that. And But then not have to, like, dig their heels in and defend everything he does. That I, that I don't get. That's what I don't get. I don't understand this allegiance that from which you always have to support. When in times of, like, I would never do that for a, a dude. I, again, I voted for Hillary begrudgingly. And if she messed up the words in the national anthem, I'd be the first one telling you, yeah, that's a mess. You got to get that cleaned up. What's the matter with you? You're, you're the leader of the free world. You got to know that. I w- we would never have cut her that slack. And I, I know now, after giving you this $1,000, I'm going to read my mentions in my email, and it's going to be, you're just a Trump hater, and this is why I hate you, and why I'm never listening anymore. And that's fine. That's your opinion. I totally understand it. I just don't understand what he has done to earn that much allegiance. And I don't. I want to get to the bottom of it, because I want to know how to wield that kind of power so I can start to do that. That's why. Here is that $1,000, by the way. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeart Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 7.30, I will dispel the, um, the myth of your truth. I'll explain to you why there's no such thing as your truth. Coming up at 7.30, we'll do that. Also, 7.10, get your uh, next keyword for a $1,000 hookup. Dude, what a good way to start off the new year, dude. Thousand bucks in your pocket, earn back some of that Christmas money you spent. Don't tell anybody you got it. Just put it in your savings account. Just have it. Smart move. Or 
Buy your good buddy Stansberry a set of Titleist AP one irons. Nope. 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 Gatsby's is the answer. Gatsby's. That's what are you doing? Thousand dollars extra in your pocket. Here, all right. He's not wrong, okay? But like, I bet four hundred gets it done at Gatsby's just good enough. Save yourself the six. Right now, there's two girls going, dude. I got kids in school, (laughs) right? But like, save yourself the six. And take four and go, because that would be a good night. That'd be a good night. That'd be a good fun night. You know, maybe I should go there. Get 400 bucks. Yeah, you'd be on your way. <laughs> Loan me the four. I need the four. Also, a four-pack of tickets for the great big home and garden show. That's going down February 2nd through the 11th at the IX Center. We'll get you hooked up around 845 this morning. So I saw this uh, yesterday right as the show was ending. And I was like, ah, well, we might as well just hold it off until tomorrow. Where there's this clothing store, H&M, and I don't, is it, I don't even know what that stands for, to be honest with you. Um, but it seems like uh, they're in the mall. I think we have one here. Um, and it's a little trendy. You know what I mean? Like most things in the mall are not necessarily for, you know, old the older people there. It's for your kids to go, like, hang out. And so apparently they have this new sweatshirt that they were uh, selling and going to pimp. And on the front of it, it says, coolest monkey in the jungle. Okay. Which is just like saying, this is just another phrase for, you know, king of the playground or, you know, the cool kid in class or, you know, that. That's all. In my, in my opinion, that's all it is. Now, why this became a story is that they chose a young African-American boy to wear the hoodie in the advertisement. So now, of course, in a world that is salivating over the over looking for racism now views this as the ultimate form of racism. I don't really see it that way. I will tell you that had I been in the room, I would have raised my hand and said, people will say this is what this is, but it can't be. You never represent our group of people in advertising And then when your group of people is used in advertising, then be told, well, wait, but only advertise this in the which way we deem fit. Like I, I, what, what I think what could have stopped all of this from the onset is have three kids in the photo and they're all wearing it and then do like the 2018 look, we're making sure nobody's going to be pissed at us. Here's a kid of every color wearing the sweatshirt. And then I think you're all right. I think it's the fact that it was a solo photo of one African-American boy wearing the hoodie, coolest monkey in the jungle, is what made it so alarming for people as they saw it. Now, uh, calling black people monkeys isn't like a new thing. Not new. You, you know what I'm saying? And it's definitely a racist tone to it. There's no denying if that. If like, you call a human being that, yes, you are trying to be racist. Black people in particular, though. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. If you call a black American or black person, sorry, that's not hung up on where they're from. Like, if you call a black person a monkey, you're trying to be racist. So, like, I I guess I can understand that, like, well, maybe this isn't what it was. But, you know, whether it's 2018 or at any point, I mean, this isn't this isn't like a oh, I didn't even I didn't even know that that's what they were called. No. Yeah. Like like I said, had I been in the meeting, I might have been the guy that was like, dude, just so you know, there's going to be a backlash here. Right. I would have mentioned it. Excuse me. I got to drink a little bit. So I just feel like with that kind of being said, it's like 
I, I mean, are you, can you stand on the hill of like, well, maybe this was all just coincidence, sure, but somewhere along the line, somebody knew that this wasn't the best call, and they still decided to go forward with so, it. But, okay, I agree that that's the way it feels, but you mean to tell me somebody was like, you know what I feel like doing? Let's get fired. Because somebody's going to lay on the sword of this. Uh, well, I mean, how many times in like these clothing brands and stuff is it like, oh, hey, we'll do you know the Kent, the bloody Kent State shirt? Or how many times is it going to be like that? Because like, the guy that owns the company knows I don't get fired. It's the PR guy. But this is, I guess, maybe like this is. It's not like you know, um, shocking clothing ads are a new thing. I feel like that's pretty common. So maybe this guy feels like, hey, if I push it a little bit further, if I, you know, if I try to kind of shock jock it, you know, where it's like every day we got to do it up and a little bit higher and a little bit more crude and a little bit more. I just always feel like no matter what happens, it's always going to be, look, it's racist because there's a little bit of that in this where it's like, Ten years ago, we would have been arguing about whether or not they'd be willing to use an African-American kid in the advertisement at all. And here we are. And I think had I, I if it was three white kids in the middle of this photo and they're all wearing a sweatshirt, sooner or later it was going to be, well, no matter what the sweatshirt said, it was going to be, where's the diversity in H&M? They have no diversity. And so there is a little bit damned if you do, damned if you don't here going on with H&M. However, like I said... I would have been the person in the room saying, if you're only going to have one kid, this is the way this is going to come off. Now, LeBron James has responded and he wrote on Instagram and he took the photo of the kid and he put a crown over the coolest monkey in the jungle and he put a crown on top of the kid's head. And he wrote, H&M, you got us all wrong and we ain't going for it. Straight up, enough about y'all and more of what I see when I look into this photo. I see a young king, the ruler of a world, an untouchable force that can never be denied. We as African Americans will always have to break barriers, prove people wrong, and work even harder to prove we belong. But guess what? That's what we love because the benefits at the end of the road are so beautiful. Again, is it... Did they... The way this is worded... And I understand what he's doing, but the way it's worded, you would think that they found this kid on the street corner, threw a net around him, dragged him back, put the sweatshirt on him, made him take the photo, put it out there, made him budge of money off the sweatshirt, didn't pay the kid. But that's not what happened. The kid went through a casting call. And then he and his guardian, I don't know who it was, I don't know who his parents are, or somebody looked at what was going to be done and signed off on it. So why is it now not, though, why is it H&M? Why is it not going, people, why do they not want to go to the family and say, look, you're setting us back. Why is it H&M's responsibility, not somebody to say, you know what, I'm not pimping my kid out this way. I guess because you're always going to find parents who are willing to exploit their child, just like you're always going to find, you know, companies who are willing to exploit things. You know what I mean? So, like, I I, 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 I understand what you're saying there. And yes, 100%, a parent did sign off on this. Somebody along the line was like, So what I'm saying is at least one family looked at it and didn't go, racist or did they not care or was it like yes i acknowledge that it's racist but i'd rather have my child in a magazine i'd rather have money my my child a child star is more important to me than the integrity of not being treated racist you know like like you know yeah there are people who are going to be willing to make that decision and go what do i really care at the end of the day it's not like we're not erasing racism tomorrow i might as well get paid you are going to be able to find a lot of people no matter what their your background race creed religion who would feel like that way i'll be honest with you i might feel like that 
and I guess this is all just kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, is it H&M's responsibility to never offend anyone? No, of course not. I mean, you're going to do things. But when you know that there is a history with that word and racist implications to not be at least, you know, sensitive to it. Now, listen, does that mean that you have to, like, never go to H&M again? It's your decision right there. But if LeBron and other people want to decide, like, hey, you guys decided not to think about this. Therefore, I decide not to support you anymore. Uh, you so know, be it. LeBron, a big influencer. You know, you got to wonder at some point if companies who have done a legal thing, which is hiring a, a model to model a product, now get like blackballed on social media through stars, whether or not they're going to have a legitimate case in court of like, bro, you're organize, you're basically organizing a boycott of our brand over something that we did that is not technically inappropriate. Like you got to wonder if the lawsuit culture isn't going to get there. And what an interesting place. I'd be interested to see like what the fallout, what would happen. There's a lot of stuff going around in there. I had like I said, had I been in the room at HM, I would have been like, dude, let's get three kids in there, make sure multiple races are, you know, represented in this photo. And then I feel like the sentence just then is coolest kid on the playground. Which by the way, for a kid's sweatshirt, maybe that's what it should have said. More Stansbury show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106 Knock 1069. Hey, welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. Coming up at 710, your next opportunity at $1,000 will give you your keyword. You'll text in 200, 200 and have some money. Also, 9 o'clock. New Tour Tuesday, new Justin Timberlake, new Kid Rock, new Judas Priest, all part of that. So, um, apparently, the ratings for the NFL divisional round were down again for last year. And so, like, people are sending me this article going, see, you're wrong. And I just want to reiterate what my position has always been. Not My position has always been is that, yes, there has been a rating decline in the NFL all year. My issue or my stance was always that I don't believe it to be solely protest-related. And I have always said that just because there is a rating decline does not necessarily mean that the NFL is in trouble. I remember telling you, that if the ratings were as bad as the people who oppose the protests want you to believe, that there would be a list of advertisers who have chosen to leave the NFL. And if there was such list, those people who were anti-protest would be touting said list. And that's not happening. And it's because I don't believe that the decline is as steep as people want you to believe. you got to remember, the NFL was coming off a 20-year highs. You were naturally going to slip and decline after that. It was a perfect storm against the NFL. I mean, you can you can list off a dozen, a half a dozen things without even really thinking about it. Um, oversaturation in the sense of Thursday night football, Monday night football. You know, eh, we're not games. an expert in oversaturation. You've got, you've got, you've got, you know, the concussion issues, CTE, all those different things. You've got all time highs that they're coming off of, and then you do throw the protests into it, and then all of a sudden, and and and, and cable and cord cutting, and like a million different factors play into this. Where I don't think you can point at any one of those things and say like, nope, this is why my protest work. And again, my position was never that there was not rating decline. My position was is that that decline is minimal and that ultimately the NFL is still the strongest television product on television. And it is. It still is. Not that there wasn't rating decline. We've seen it. Now, do I think the NFL is in trouble? No, I do not. Do they need to think about it in the offseason and think about how do we offset this? How do we stop this from continuing to happen? Absolutely they do. 
that's why I think they are in trouble because they should have thought about that last year and some reason or another they did not. So that's so what when makes you, me concerned. When you say trouble and words like trouble and concern, what does what does that mean? Like like the NFL's fate like cuz when I hear NFL's in trouble, I what I hear is people telling me that they may face extinction. No, 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 no. Not face extinction, but face a a they're not going to be they're not always going to be top of the pops. You're not always going to be the number 1 sport in America. Like I think that's more possible. Well, I think that's more realistic. I mean, there was a time when baseball was the biggest sport in America. We watched these things flip. They are cyclical. They and so like I feel like that was that could naturally happen. Anyway, if the NFL wants to maximize its time on top, which I'm sure they do, you've got to make come up with a plan. The fact that they did not come up with a plan last offseason makes me believe they will not be able to do it this offseason. You wonder if they aren't looking at it like we have maximized our time on top, maybe. I don't know. I That's not the way I would choose to look at it, but I'm curious. Papa John's now are saying they currently do not have a Super Bowl ad picked. Or slotted. We currently do not have a Super Bowl spot booked and or produced, but are exploring our options in and around the game. Papa John's chief marketing officer, Brandon Roten, told the Courier Journal. I didn't buy my Super Bowl spot last year until the Monday before the game, so you never know. Now, I'm willing to bet I don't know this, but I'm willing to bet some of that is staging, better pricing. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we're not going to buy. We're not going to buy. We're not going to buy. Oh, yeah, last minute. Yeah, we are. Like, there, there could be that. I don't know. That's just purely speculation. Right now, I'm hearing that a 30-second spot for the Super Bowl big game goes for $2 million. Pretty, pretty decent ad rate there. <laughs> like, that's a good that's ad rate. Not, that's not the worst. That's a good ad rate. I'd like to dude, imagine having that ad rate. That'd be nice. I wonder. I don't know where that stacks up in, in traditionally enough. I don't know where it does either, but it's more than enough evidence that like... And I will say, as we're talking rating decline, my guess is Super Bowl's still going to kill it. Oh, 100%. It was the most watched thing last year. I, I, I think they came out with the numbers and like 37 of the top 50 watch things on television last year were NFL related. It's either the Super Bowl, a game, something like that. and it's just Championship like, games and like... Right, right. And at that point, I mean... Yes, you, you never want to lose share, but at the same time, you Where's don't... the ranker? Right, you don't want to lose ranker. That's what you don't want to lose. And they are still the king of the hill. Now, I do think that there are some things to address, and they're going to have to do it. And they're going to have to get together in the offseason and try to figure it out. But people telling me that the NFL's in trouble... It's over. It's done. I, I, don't, I don't buy trouble. Because to me, again, trouble means, like, oh, no, you're about to be knocked off. And I don't see the NFL being knocked off. As a matter of fact, you got the NBA, who plays twice, I don't know what the exact number is, but many, many, many more games, and doesn't do anywhere near the money that the NFL does. So wait a minute, it's on TV more, you have more opportunities to go to it, just as many franchises as far as I know, and you don't make anywhere near the money. And the NFL's the sport that's in trouble? I I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess... I guess. Your next opportunity is $1,000 right around the corner. Hang on. Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're minutes away now from getting hooked up with $1,000. Fantone, what's going on with the charge, buddy? Uh, a couple things going on with the Canton charge. First and foremost, dude, uh, our buddy John Holland ready to come back on Is the Sandsbury right? Show. He, last time I saw him, he was like, dude, I got to get back in on the show, man. Have a lot uh, of fun with you guys. I so like it. I, uh, I We'll get him in sometime soon. We'll get an injury update. We'll see when he's making his return. Uh, but two games that I want to tell you about. First and foremost, this is a game that we have attended in the past together, you and I. Uh, the anti-bullying campaign. The anti-bullying yeah. game. That's going down Wednesday the 17th at 11 a.m. It's an early start time. Unless you're afraid of the sixth graders again, <laughs> I can get you t- tickets to that one. I wanted Let to walk know. up to the door. I was like, <laughs> I want to, dude, I want to bypass. Like, like, I, we walked up the door and I just stood behind a line of sixth graders. And Fantone looks at me, he's like, dude, you're not in school. He's like, you're allowed to go to the other door and yank the door open and walk through. And I was like, well, I didn't want to be mocked. You know what I mean? I was like, one of these little turds is going to call me old or something. And then next thing you know, at the anti-bullying campaign, I'm going to Roger Rabbit a kid across Market Avenue. I was like, that's bad. Yeah, every year the charge does an anti-bullying event. It's awesome. They bring in kids from all over Stark great County event. and beyond, and it's great. But Stansberry automatically went back to middle school. We went to that game, and I could just see the look on his face like, I don't want him to make fun of me, man. I was trying to, you got to protect your juice box, man. You know what I mean? Your mom only packs one. And then Saturday, January 20th at the Canton Civic Center, uh, we are going to be hooking it up with some awesome Cleveland Cavaliers hats. So uh, if you guys want tickets, cantoncharge.com. Yeah, we'll get hooked up. I'm going to check that out. Coming up at around 7.30, we're going to get into Oprah and your truth and that whole thing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dispel all that stuff away here momentarily. But should let you know about this. Last night, I believe this was around 7.30. I believe an armed man walked into the Metro PCS store, 30, uh, 3225 Tuscarora Street uh, West there, West uh-huh. Dust there. Monday evening, the robbery occurred around 720. The culprit had a uh, black hooded sweatshirt, according to the city police, and then he fled on foot there. Now, I don't – how much money is going to be in a cell phone store? We'll worry about product here in a second because I know that's what you're thinking. But I can't imagine there's a ton of cash in a cell phone store. I don't know. But having, okay, like I used to have Metro PCS. So I don't want anybody sitting in there thinking, well, of course you don't know about Metro PCS. You know, you make a million dollars, work on the radio. No, dude, I've I've had Metro PCS, right? And uh, and so like I I know, the point being is when I went there, I had a debit card and that's how I bought my phone. I would imagine most people doing things by debit card. So I can't imagine there's a ton of cash in there. Now, I don't know. I'm not an expert in the cell phone business. I don't no, I, I would. The only thing I'll say is I would assume some of the non-contract cell phone places, the Metro PCS, you can pay your bill mobile. in those stores. You, w- I was gonna say, and I bet you a lot of people, it's like, hey, I just cashed this paycheck, or I, you know, here's forty bucks for money. my bill. Right here's here's the money for this month. I, you know, all right, okay. There's a maybe a decent argument in that. Now let's product is going to be the next one. People say right, mm-hmm. and so I would imagine I don't know, but you turn in like I'm sure you could sell stolen. Cell phones for what thirty bucks. So now, if I make you a drug addict and you get one hundred and twenty dollars worth of cell phones in there, I mean that's a couple days of getting high, maybe a day of getting high. Yeah, I guess. I mean, to me, it's like, and I guess maybe I'm just not looking at from from the criminal perspective, but it would take me a long time to push ten cell phones. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you getting rid of those as a drug addict? You just walking up like looking for heroin, but saying like, yo, but I got this phone too. Like cash would be what I was after as an addict, you know, no matter what I would always, that would be my thing. Now, again, I think we're applying a little too much logic to the drug addled brain, but for me, it would be, it's 
if I go somewhere and I rob something and I get cash, now there's one less step I got to do right. to get to what I'm after. Right. Where it's like, dude, if I just stay, steal the phones, now I got to hawk the phones. Right. And that just seems like a, a, a complicated thing for a drug addict to do. But then again, I mean, I don't know. Maybe drug addicts have a better connection into that. And they obviously do have a better connection into the underground world, into the criminal element right there. Um, well, they could have also been put up to it. As, as far as the cash goes, though, yeah, you could pay your $40 bill cash there. You totally could. I've done it, yeah. But, but you, you can't tell me that Metro PCS isn't doing cash drops. They know. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a restaurant and if you rob a restaurant at 1 o'clock right after that noon hour after they didn't have time to make that drop, then you're talking a considerable chunk of change right there out of that register. But Metro PCS, they're probably doing an hourly drop and it's not like you know what I'm saying? It's like any one given hour is going to be so busy where all of a sudden it's worth it. They're not going to know how to open the safe. Bro, no. Hell no they don't, dude. Hell no. They got no clue how to do that. Maybe a manager knows how to do that, but that's a maybe. Maybe. I bet I don't know this at all, but if it were me, I would make it a district. And he comes by it, it, once a day or whatever and yanks it out. Well, and Brinks probably comes by and has the code, but like, no, you're not yeah, just going to. It's, it's not like, you know, Johnny cell phone salesman over there has got the code to that. Hell no, no he does. No, the employees in those places, I would imagine, again, I don't know, would flip over multiple times to where you can't tell people what the code yeah, to that is. Because yeah. wouldn't you just get the code, quit the job two weeks later, and what? go and do what you got to do? So that, um, so, you know, that, uh, as far as I know, they have not caught that guy. I uh, should let you know this as well. Somebody, Andy wrote in and told me that apparently 62 is just stopped. There's Cluster an, F, I've there's, heard. There's an ac- accident near the 77 ramp, and apparently that's just like stopped. So if you normally take 62, if you can avoid it, I would tell you to do that. This also happened yesterday where, uh, where a fire. No, I'm sorry. Sunday afternoon forced residents from their home on Bellflower Northwest. It affected all three levels of the house except the basement, they said. Battalion Chief Steve Henderson of the City Fire Department. The possible cause is a chimney fire that then extended into the walls of uh, the house itself. Occupants, luckily, two adults and two minors were able to get out and managed to escape the fire without injury. So that's very, very good. The local American Red Cross chapter was called and provided some emergency assistance, such as shelter. Damage is estimated at the home of 20 thousand dollars man i could only imagine i uh i I, you know you hope they're insured and you hope the insurance company will stand up and do the right thing we have a thousand dollars up for grab your next opportunity is right now your shot at one thousand dollars now text the keyword win to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and message rates apply that's win to 200 200 rock 106.9 The Stansberry Show Canton's Rock Station Rock 106.9 Rock 106.9 Welcome back to The Stansberry Show Rock 106.9 coming up at 9 o'clock It's New Tour Tuesday New Justin Timberlake New Kid Rock New Judas Priest All part of that Looking forward to that uh, I have heard the new Judas Priest I have not heard this new Justin Timberlake as of yet But people seem to like that so the other night, the Golden Globes were on, and this is one of those award shows where everybody in Hollywood dresses up real nice, uh, and they remind us all that they make more money than us, so obviously they know so much more than we do, which is, of course, ridiculous. And Oprah was like the big star of the show, and she's been the big star of the show since she's come out on the scene. She's a wildly talented human being, right? Whether you like her or not, you cannot argue the talent and uh, the powerhouse that, uh, that Oprah has become. There's no denying that, Right. And she did this long speech about the, you know, the sexual, uh, you know, uh, you know, harassment issues going on in Hollywood and the like. 
And um, and she wasn't wrong about it, but she kept saying your truth and your truth, which makes for a great hashtag. But there's no such thing as your truth. There is the truth. That to me is uh, your truth is could be thrown in the bucket of identity politics. It's the same thing. It's those are and those are dangerous things. You got to be careful with that. There is the truth that happened. There is a version of the truth that somebody will tell you that does not make it their truth. There is the the truth. Now, is she like she's saying like, well, you know, your truth could be you have a very high priority on family. Other people's truth could be they have a very high priority on career. I don't know what the context was. That's and I mean, is it saying like you have different views on things or you have different? Well, again, having a different view of something will not make the truth false. It will not change what the truth is. Whether you how you feel about something does not change. Truth to me is facts. And so, like, there is no perception of a fact. But people can't people can have two different truths of, like I said, like, what's most important to you? Some people might say family. Some people might say career. Those are both true for both people. They're two different things. Is, is, that, is that the point she's trying to make? I think she was telling people to live their own way and, like, live out the, and not, like, be subjugated by somebody else on how you live. So I'm nitpicking her wording. Okay, but it's that stuff. It makes for cute hashtags, but it's not based in anything real or reality. It's just more of this like millennial garbage that people like soak up on social media and go, she's so right. I mean, hashtag my truth. That's what it is. It's all garbage. Now, the bigger problem with all of this that came out is that now people are legitimately pushing Oprah to run for president over speaking intelligently into a camera. So think about that for a minute, right? And not only that, people close to her, now they are unnamed sources, which I don't love, but unnamed sources have come out now close to Oprah Winfrey who have said, look, this is, she's seriously considering making a run for president. Guys, you gotta slow down, all right? Now, I'm gonna make this... And a, and a bunch of you are going to get mad, all right? So I, I know that. So just stick with me here for a minute and let me get my thought process out, okay? This, to me, as everybody wants to tell me, it's North Korea. It's the fact that he golfs too much. It's about all the problems with the Trump presidency. This is the problem with the Trump presidency for me. And that is he has completely and utterly demystified the position of the American president, meaning we now view it as what it is, which is, oh, anybody can do this. And now you people, not you people, a lot of people are so upset about who Trump is as a person that what are you going to do? I've said it. We will overcorrect the steer. Oprah is a phenomenal broadcaster. She's an intelligent woman. Is she qualified to be the president? Probably not. And if your argument is is that Donald Trump is not qualified to be president, then you can't come over top of it and then push somebody to the forefront who is not qualified to be the president. I've been begging the goddamn Democratic Party for the heavyweight since Trump won. And what have I been saying? You either go find me the heavyweight and start primping and getting them ready right now or you lose again. And here enough, here we are. This is all the more proof we need that we need the heavyweight. And we don't currently have it right now. We just don't. 
So with that being said, if you feel like you don't have the heavyweight to win with legitimacy, do you uh, decide, hey, cold of personality is the way to play this, and and well, this I- is this is the roadmap to winning, and we'd be fools to ignore that just to just to stand on our high hill. I'm afraid that we have gone too far, and that yes personality will be the only thing that matters from here on out. And Oprah, here's the thing. I'll tell you why Oprah's got a real shot to win, though. Oprah had what OJ had. And what did OJ say? I'm not black. I'm OJ. And that's Oprah. I don't, Dude, you can find people on both sides of the political aisle who will wrap their arms around her, dude. She's super charismatic. She's wildly talented. And she's honestly a very interesting broadcast example when you think about the fact that her show started out like the Jerry Springer show. Chairs thrown around, all kind of tawdry, and then the more power she got in the industry, the more she changed it to fit who she wanted to be and what she wanted to do. As a broadcaster, it's one of the best stories I've ever seen. But I'm not sure she should be president. I also worry that what you're going to do is, is it now maybe they team up together, but The Rock has talked about making a run. If you convolute the primary situation and people got to pick between The Rock and Oprah in the end, I think the, the shift of power balances over to the right hand side again. And now you're screwed. Now, if they team up together, that's different. But you can water it down by fighting one another, and before you know it, people are like, well, I don't know, I don't know, is it Rock or Oprah? Screw it, I'm going with this over here. There's a possibility that happens. But making the argument for a year straight that Donald Trump is not qualified to be president, and then saying you want Oprah, I think is a little crazy. I will agree with you 100% on that. I mean, from my perspective, where I sit personally, I think it's absolutely asinine that we would vote Oprah to be president. Um, Can I flip that coin around, though, and say that if you felt that President Trump was qualified to be president, you can't make the argument now of no, Oprah has no right to run, no place to run, nothing like that, right? No, you can't. No, no, no. You got to let her run. Okay. You, you, You have to let her run. I'm not wild about it. Now, I will tell you that if it comes down to... Again, this is cra- this is crazy. But if it comes down to the current president or Oprah, I'm probably leaning Oprah. I ultimately think it's not necessarily. Oh, I know it's crazy, God, right? Dude. I mean, it's it, nuts. That's ridiculous. But here's the thing: ultimately, Dave Chappelle talked about this like four specials ago, right? Where he said, "I, I didn't. I watched Clinton. I watched Bush. I didn't care about their policy. I watched who they are as people. And ultimately, this is what I was saying during the primaries last time around, which is if you're telling me not to vote for Donald Trump because he's an awful person, then the best person in the race was Bernie Sanders. Far and away. Far better person than Hillary. So, like, ultimately, then, if that's what we're going to do, then I'm going to lead towards the person who I feel like might have the best interest of the most amount of people at top of mind. You could do worse. If we're going to vote celebrity in, I will say I think you could do worse than Oprah. It, 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 this, at that point, though, I, I really think we're getting into a, a, a another crappy criteria of being president. Like, don't get me wrong. I want you to be at minimum a morally just person if you're going to stand in the highest office in, in, in the land. But, like, it shouldn't be just an are you a good person contest because that isn't what makes you qualified to be president of the United States of America. Is it? Is it somewhere on the list? Sure, but. I, it's not just like, oh, hey, well, Guys, you, you, you volunteer the most, therefore you should be the president. That's, that's ridiculous. On any like given American standard of good person test, I would pass it. 
I would pass a good person test. I'm charitable with my money. I will help you with my time. I think about my fellow man. I try, and I know sometimes I come off as mean, a little crude, probably got a weird sense of humor for some of you, but I would pass a decent human being test. You want me being president? Now, I think I should be, but nobody else does. Which is why it should just be one of those base level things of like, okay, you're over the age of 35, you're a natural born U.S. citizen, and you're a decent person. None of those make you like the best candidate, but they all are like general, like standard, like well, you have to be the you know, at least this. I would also say that our election system is us deciding whether or not you're a decent person. You know what I mean? Like, although, I mean, that's, I mean, we kind of vet you. We kind of like, we vote a couple of different times. There's primaries, then there's the general, there's all this stuff. Like, that's the filtering in of whether or not we think somebody's decent or not. I, uh, now, not a perfect system by any means, but if, I, I'm not sitting in here telling you Oprah's got no shot to win. I actually, I think she's got a pretty big shot to win. Because I, I think even conservative, especially women, would go, yeah, Oprah, man. Because like I said, she's got that OJ thing. She ain't black. She's Oprah. It's a completely different thing. It's a, her, dude, her popularity can almost not be penetrated. I, I think more than getting, I think more than getting people from across the aisle onto her side, I think she energizes her side of the aisle enough where it, 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 it takes over. You know what I mean? I, who's the more attractive candidate? Her or The Rock? Her. Yeah. I, 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 what I, makes you say that? Broader appeal. I mean, don't get me wrong. Really? The, don't get me wrong. The Rock's a huge star and the biggest star in, in, in Hollywood. But like, there's plenty of people who have never seen a movie of The Rock. Everyone knows who Oprah is. My mom loves Oprah. I mean, ge- ge- decades. You know what I'm saying? Like generations of people where The Rock, don't get me wrong, has been a, you know, a big thing for 20 years, but Oprah has literally been in the public eye for decades now. So like I, Oprah for sure. Yeah, I, I think my mom, obviously you're right. Like people her age, 70-year-old women yeah. are, are huge Oprah supporters. I'll tell you another one of these people. And again, this I do believe with it, we, we've turned the page. I don't think we're ever going back. To politicians, and I'll go back to my demystifying the position of the president and what Donald Trump has done is, is that I also think right now that he's showing me that this isn't, he's not the first one of these we've had. And it's just, we had less access to the office. We had less information than we've ever had, than we have now, and this and that. And that, dude, if we've had 40 some of these, we've had more versions of this than we want to realize. Somebody asked me the other day, how are you feeling right now overall about everything that's going on? And if I'm going to be 100% honest, you know who I feel like right now? I feel like Truman. That's who I feel like. I feel like my boat is headed for the white or for that blue wall and I'm going to pierce through it and then the door's going to open and I'm going to realize that all of this has been for naught. That's what it feels like to me. Like the mystery and like what might what has to go on with the White House and that office is being like whisked away and I've now seen the wizard and I can't unsee it. I stand firm and I've thought this for a long time when it comes to presidential politics here is that at its core, yes, the president holds the most powerful office in the country, but still on a day-to-day basis doesn't affect people nearly as much as they think he does. Um, so I, I, in some ways, I do think of the president kind of just as a tone setter for the country, like as somebody who's just kind of one way or another kind of banging the Party drum of like, this is, this is the way you're supposed to go here. And if that's what it's going to be, it's like, to me, it's almost like, well, should we just have another 
office in general where it's like, okay, well, this celebrity can be the, the tone setter of the country for, for, you know, four years, but like, here's the actual adults doing actual work over here where it's like, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, fine, you can be the top of the candidate and you can put, you know, essentially like the, like what the, what the Royal family is in London, where it's like, you're not really doing anything. You're just there as the crown jewel. You're an just there. Right. As like, as like, Hey, you know, look at me. I'm top dog. And that's sad, dude. That's not what the president's supposed to be. But at this point, that's what I'm concerned it you is. You want a ceremonial ribbon cutter. Right. Somebody that's there to take pictures, go to the hospital, shake hands with veterans, so like go the, to, go like to the, the national championship games. Like the Duke of America. Uh, so more or less. Yeah, Essentially that. Ambassador like Ambassador of like, right, of things, yeah. Like, like you're the master of ceremonies right. for the nation. Right, right. You get VIP anywhere you go. Did you want to come to a can't charge game? I'll get you in the courtside club. Come on up here, baby. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like that's almost what we're, you know, what we'd be best served to vote now, where it's like, all right, well, then we'll just pick our favorite guy. And then give the American public no say as to who's like running. I don't stuff? know, just adults. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at that point, I guess it's just, you know, it, to, to me, that's what it feels like we're doing. Okay. I like if somebody said to me, let's get a, a presidential ribbon cutter so the president could stay in, in Washington and not have to like go around the nation like after hurricanes or tornadoes and stuff and get like a something right a ceremonial right. person for all that stuff so the president can like work on all that. I'd be for that. I so I see what you're saying. Like to free up the time. I mean, let's get some more golf in there for Christ's sake. Let's you know what I mean? Like I would be for something like that. But uh, taking away, I don't know. That's a man. That's an out there idea. And maybe just at that point, the vice president is the essential president. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm the top of the pops. You're, you're, you're voting for me, but this is the team I have assembled behind me who's going to do the actual work. I'll be out there, you know, on the red carpet or whatever. I think. What we want. I mean, it's, it's, as a country, that's what we want. I'm trying to think of who would make better decisions in the Oval Office. Like, who would be, like, painstakingly. Because. Just because The Rock and Oprah have been dedicated to their field that they know and that they're interested in, like, will they have the same drive in a job that, for a lot of it, I'm willing to bet, is boring as hell? Well, and it, it, just because you're talented at one thing and you have drive at one thing, you're right, doesn't mean you're going to have any sort of, in, in the other, or any sort of, like, skill it, in that. You could try as hard as you want in life, and that doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere. Most, right. Most, most like, self-help gurus will tell you to find something you enjoy and double down on that because you're going to work hardest at what you like. So I don't know if anybody likes sitting down with briefing books over Iran. I don't know if anybody likes that. Now, maybe some people do. Maybe somebody that's actually considered to be an intellectual might. I don't know if that's Oprah, and I don't know if it's The Rock. Now, to be fair, I don't know that it's not. But I think we have page-turned in this country, and we're never going back. And that it is now going to be a celebrity contest. I feel like it's always been a celebrity contest. And again, this position and this this system is all being demystified right now. And I think that's not good. I think it was a little bit better when the average Joe, like me, was more in the dark about it and what was going on versus actually seeing like, yeah, dude, like, look, it can just be this and we're still all going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about that right now that I'm not crazy about. I I just think if Oprah does run, I think she's got a huge, huge shot to win. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're also online at WRQK.com. And coming up at 810, we'll get you hooked up with $1,000.
and nine o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. All right, I got to, uh, I got to tattletale on myself a little bit. All right. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was in here and I was like, you know, I don't want to make too big of a deal out of this, but I dropped my laundry off to be done. And I didn't list the name of the business because I've said they've always done nothing but treat me really, really well. And they offer me a great product, uh, a great service, and it's priced very well. A lot of people knock me for having my laundry done. I feel like it saves me hours at the laundromat and my time's worth money. Why are we in this business of knocking each other? If Stansberry decides that he wants to spend his money with a laundry service, that's a service that is legal and and, and, and afforded to us as Americans. Why? Who cares what I mean, you do with your goddamn laundry? People think it's like, oh my God, it's because of, because of the money, how much money. I, it's Dude, I'm telling you, it's very inexpensive to have your laundry done. And and, and you're, you're spending money on your laundry anyway. I mean, dude, going to the laundromat and spending time there and quarters there, that's expensive. That's I, I Dude, I, I mean, I completely understand why you're like, all right, I save time and it's not that much more expensive than me having to do it myself. Now, I'm not going to do it, but like, I don't give a good rat's ass that you do. Why even do people if, care? Even if you buy machines and do it at your house, I mean, that sends all your utility bills, you know, you pay for it, whether, you know, no matter where you're doing yeah. it. So okay. it's not that much money right. and it's super convenient. Everything's folded and I just got to put it away. Stop judging him. But I had come in here and said, but they lost one of my favorite pairs of jeans. Right. right? So I have since then continued to give this place my business. Right? right, right. Because I was like, all right, mistakes maybe happen. Overall, this has been a, a fantastic find of mine since moving here, and I, and I like a couple of the women that work there, and I, I don't want to be that guy. Now, you know, of course, you know, you you, you go somewhere a hundred times, and one of them, two of them, three of them, something's going to be messed up there eventually. No one's got a hundred percent success rate. Um, but I can understand, and I think this was right before you went to Vegas, and and these were jeans you felt comfortable, and I can understand, like, yeah, but what do you mean you lost my pair of pants? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying, like. What it's one thing to not put the chicken sandwich in the in the bag. It's another thing to be like, well, where the hell did they go? Like, where are my pants at? And so, I've been in there a couple of times, and they've asked me, "Hey, did you ever find those jeans?" And I've said, "No, you know, I don't know." And in the back of my mind, I've been thinking, "No, of course not," because you gave oh, them to somebody else. Yeah, they're lost. So yesterday, I was putting my laundry order away into the closet, and everybody knows how many pairs of jeans they have, right? So I started counting. I was like, "Oh, there's those." There's those, there's those, there's the ones I have on, and I look up in another portion of my closet that I do not use a lot, and I look underneath another garment, and I was like, well, what are those? And I yanked them down, and they were the jeans I thought the laundry had lost. And there they were. They were in my closet the entire time, and I just didn't see them because I was using a shelf in the closet that I normally do not use, and I felt like... The biggest dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what were you not going to feel stupid in that moment? Of course you did. I felt like the biggest dumbass ever. Now, if you were listening to the show, so there's that. So if you were listening to the show yesterday morning, first thing in the morning, uh, I had fallen down the steps (laughs) in my apartment building. They were icy, and I was trying to carry my phone and a a cup of coffee and all this stuff, and I, I grabbed the handrail, and that was icy, and my hand slipped all the way down the handrail, and then it took my feet with it then after at that point, and I like landed on my ass, and it was just a big, big mess. So I then drove to work, thought it was kind of funny, and I was in no pain. But then as I started to sit here and do the show a little bit, you start get you start sitting, things start mm-hmm. to get stiff, and then mm-hmm. your muscles, and I thought for sure that I was going to be in massive pain. So I went home yesterday, 
and just I, I this is I, I actually took an Epsom salt bath. Oh, there we go. Just dude, I got I dude, I I had the iHeartRadio <laughs> cranking in the Bluetooth speaker, just sitting there, just making Stansberry stew in oh. the warm water, just watching things come off my body and float around in Disgusting. the water. Disgusting, dude. The bath is a hard place for your boy to be. Yeah, well, dude, it, it is for any adult to be. Like I feel like it's, I mean, it's just a weird thing because what is the length of time? Like, I was sitting in there going, okay, I'm soaking in this because it's supposed to make your sore muscles feel better. Which, by the way, I don't, I'm not all that sore today. My arm hurts a little bit. But overall, like, I, I didn't feel like I thought I was going to feel this morning. Good. And so I, uh, so I don't know if maybe, maybe that's the Epsom salt there. But, like, what's the length of time? Somebody, dude, somebody ballpark a, a bath for me. I mean, especially since you weren't in there to, like, clean yourself. And that's the thing is I understand people who want to go soak. But if you're using a bath to, like, actually clean yourself, oh, what are you, some kind of a psychopath? Like, that, that just no. feels very strange to me. As a matter of fact, what I did is I soaked there in the bath, in the Epsom salts, and then I... Like drained the water out of the bathtub, turned the shower on, stood up, and took a Close shower when I was done. Um, I, I mean, I, I, and I'm sure on the bottle of Epsom salts it probably says ten to fifteen minutes or something like that. But like, I, I mean, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to sit there for an hour because the water's gonna get cold. But like at the same time, you're not just gonna you, you're gonna have to sit there for a considerable amount of time. I, I so chose ten minutes is what I would say. Oh, I chose half hour. Okay, I felt like and then because at first I was like maybe what you do is maybe maybe the universe tells you when it's time. Meaning, you fill the bathtub up with hot water. Water turns cold. Yeah, time to go. Time to go. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's the universe telling me how long the bath is. But I was like, well, that can't be the system. You can make the water super hot. You could have it mild. Like that can't be the right. right. I, but I don't think there's like a set system in place. Nowhere is it written like, all right, this is the exact amount of time you've got to soak in there. So I think wherever you felt comfortable, whenever you felt like, all right, man, I feel like I got a little loosey goosey. The if muscles felt, feel better. If, if it was the bath, was how long I felt. Comfortable comfortable i would have never done it dude let me if you ever do what's the last time you took a bath um it's been it's been in the time that in the last year because i've taken one at the house that i live in now but before that it was probably a decade i mean honestly as an adult i can't think of i bet you it's it's under five times i've taken like a bath as an adult it's just you're sitting there and if you're not using it to like clean there's no like soap bubbles right so there you are in just clear warm water And so you got a full, you got a full blown visual (laughs) of yourself, right? And so you can't help but just like stare your penis down the entire time you're in there. Right. First, you got to move the belly and then be like, all right, there, I finally found it. And a son of a bitch, look at that thing down there. Just looking miserable. I chose a left side (laughs) swipe of the belly to get a good look. And I just was like looking at this and I was like, no wonder you haven't had a date in forever. Look at you. You're just big, fat, gluttonous. And like it was just, honestly, I sat in there for a half hour. All it was was an infomercial for shaving below the the belt that's all that goddamn thing was so i don't know how long it's supposed to be but i chose a half hour and i'm not sore today so that might be the good that might be the good system that might be the good system there talk about something else yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely 810 we will also get you hooked up with a thousand dollars next hang on the stansbury show i have got to get in on this rock 106.9 rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Win yourself $1,000 here momentarily. We'll give you your next keyword at 810. You'll text it in. You'll have some money. Can I ask you a question, Phantom? Of course. I don't know what it's called, but why is this, and it seems to be big on the social media right now, 
why is this? Remember that game when we were kids where if you took your fingers and you made a circle out of it and somebody looked at it, you got to punch them? Yeah. Remember that? Circle game, yeah. That's what it's called? Circle game, yeah. Oh, very intelligently named there. Uh, very, very creative. Um, why is that the rage right now? Like, I get all things kind of come back in style. I was talking about that a little earlier. All things are cyclical. But what a weird thing. And people are getting super creative now. Like, you'll watch like a, like a 30-second video on Facebook, and at the last second, it's that. Which I don't understand, because you don't get to punch me from your funny gift. Um, but the concept is there and like, like I the got joke you? is there. Yeah, the I got you is there. Um I find it to be really annoying. It's strange, I guess, but I mean nostalgia is just big now and I think, you know, uh, much like, well, why are they making a new Ninja Turtles movie? It's because like at the age of 35, 40, all of a sudden dudes are looking for ways to kind of recapture that youth, kind of, you know, relive those days and I totally I mean like I can uh, in, in middle school that was a very like popular thing to do i guess oh yeah when i was in high school all the time yeah it was big when i was in high school and i guess maybe if i was seeing kids do it it would be like all right you know it's right of passage we all been there but you know it's like pencil war fine but like it's dudes my age yeah but i mean it's dudes your age going to see star wars it's dudes your age going to you know buy these like funko dolls it's dudes your age that are buying these video games now so like I mean, it really all it is is just like it goes back to that like Peter Pan society that we have of like, I don't really want to grow up. I don't want to hashtag adulting. I just, you know, I want to play the circle game. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, that Toys R Us jingle set in on a nation like I've yeah. never seen anything yeah. else set in. Like that I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Like, dude, and now I know like uh, they're in some they're in some financial issues right now from what I read in the paper. I don't really know that. I just read it. I um but it just you know, well you got to be clear. You, do. you know. You do. <laughs> and so uh but I but I hear that they are and but that that song and that mentality really did stick. It, it just goes back to well the part of the reason why is that like these things are available to us now. You know what I mean? Like where you know you couldn't necessarily relive the the days of howdy doody when you were you know from, from a generation ago because it's like you didn't have streaming services you didn't have the internet you didn't have the availability to these things um but I, I, as far as it goes like i don't know it's stupid but whatever i would have expected if i'm being honest that if you would have asked me before like the internet became really really popular in the sense of where you could stream every show from when you were a kid, you could see every commercial from when you were a kid, you could now buy the toys you had when you were a kid. I would have thought that the reverse would have been true, meaning that you were looking back on your childhood and all of these things as if they were awesome and then presented with them again you'd be like, "Uh, what am I doing here?" Uh. But instead, it seems like we enjoy it maybe more than we did then. You uh, you mentioned to me, I think it was off the air, I don't know, a week ago or something, you talked about how you watched that the Toys That Made Us documentary. Yeah, Netflix, and it was good. And and that's the whole thing is you got you to gotta think like that. The thing that made that good to you is what makes this circle game like entertaining to other people. I miss playing with that. I miss being that. I miss doing that. And like here's a little bit of feeling like it again. So like, and here's yeah. the thing you say, like, oh, people wouldn't be surprised if kids started doing that. Well, Dude, it's 2018. Kids start punching each other on the arms like you do in the circle game in school. That's going to be a whole deal. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not necessarily surprised to see that it's 35-year-olds as opposed to 8-year-olds. You know what? You're right. When I was growing up, and I don't know if this is the way it should be. Probably not. But if a teacher looked out the window and there was like four boys standing in a circle 
and we just were punching each other in the arm, but you could tell it wasn't a fight, a teacher was never going to stop that game from going down ever. It was never going to be a student is striking another student. It would have that would have been reserved for these two boys were fighting in the hallway versus that game. But you could never let that go today. And maybe you shouldn't. I'm not saying like, ah, oh, let's go back to you know punching yeah, kids in the I arm. I was gonna say how many times you do that to a nerd where you keep punching him. Oh, he looked at it, who cares? Punch him. Oh, he looked at it, punch him. Oh, he looked at it, punch him, and it's like, well, somewhere along the line that turns into something inappropriate. Yeah, there. I mean, you can't just allow that to go on all day. But that is a very interesting thing because when I was growing up, you're right, on recess. They would have never stopped us from doing Well, they never did. Like, I don't ever remember being separated for doing that. And so it's just I'm watching it, and I'm like, you don't even get to hit me, though. That's like paying. Like, would it be the same thing to play Punchbug over Twitter? Hey, um, Punchbug Yellow. Like, I'm not even with you. Uh, no, but it's essentially, it's like a new Rick roll where it's like, I got you. You thought you had this, and then I, you know, I zigged when you thought I was going to zag. So, I, you know, it just people, people I don't know. And here are people, I'm so busy. I, I'm so busy. And then here we are sharing circle game stories. You know what I mean? Like, all right, people, let's drop that facade. Can you look something up real quick for me uh, surrounding the circle game? Okay. Robert writes in and says, fun fact, a man in Ohio is the one who invented the circle game. Wow, that sounds like, that sounds to me like, no, dude, my school started it. I, I, I yeah, no I, as Fanto looks that one up, I don't know about that one. Isn't that, I am always curious about how things spread like that. You know, when, one of the things I've been very curious my whole entire life, how it spread to the entire nation. How did flicking your lights turn into, hey, there's a cop up there? Like, how before the internet did we spread these things that became universally like used in ours. How did things go viral before yeah. the internet? But they did, dude. I mean, like, there's a million examples, examples of, of little that. pieces of graffiti that, like, it's like, why was everybody drawing that S when they were in middle school? What was that Frodo lives back in the 70s? It's like, how did that become such a, such a, like, a viral thing when the internet didn't exist? But, like, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it goes back to when we talk about, like, that true level of celebrity in the 80s, where it's like, if something did catch on back then, it really was, like, a nationwide thing. Where nowadays, it's just like, all right, yeah, Five minutes 20 this, seconds. Five minutes of that, five minutes of this, and blah, 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 Fidget blah. Fidget spinners. Right, exactly. Fidget spinners. I would imagine that the headlight thing had to be like what, like, um, uh, uh, adapted from when ships are coming to shore and the lighthouse would do like that to let you know. Like, I would imagine that that's where it came from. So it's probably a military thing. And so many people have served in the military that that's how it spread. My guess is it would be that. The Circle game first became popular, like, it became a part of pop culture. In the show Malcolm in the Middle, but I know it existed before that. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. doing it before Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, well, this guy Matt Nelson claims that he invented it, and he's from New Bremen, Ohio, so he said that he's the one that invented it, but dude, who, uh, how are we going to give this guy credit? Because me and my friends were the first ones to do it, really? I mean, Gene Simmons claims to have invented the Rock Fist. Like, right. it, you know well, what I mean? It's like, well, did you? Probably not. Here's your shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeart1069. On Rock 1069, online for you, JohnMarkMD.com, and passing out big home and garden show tickets. Around 845 this morning, that's going down February 2nd through the 11th at the IX Center, and we'll get you into that.
That woman who won yesterday was so excited. I'm gonna take my mom. She was all like all excited about winning those tickets. It was awesome. You uh, you're gonna walk away a winner if you uh, if you get those, dude. Your uh, your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other is gonna be very excited. My girlfriend was already like, "Oh, are we going?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't know. Are we going?" And she's like, "Yeah, we're going." It sounds so, like you're going. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you are. I I wouldn't hate. I mean, I having worked in promotions. At radio stations, I had to go to all those trade shows. Right. I went to the boat show every year. I went to the you know the uh, the outdoor show, the golf show, the car show, all those. And honestly, they are all. There's a reason why they do it. It's because they are all interesting in their own right. Well, if if, if you're a um, you know a person who cares about their landscaping, who cares about their home and garden, I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to that? You right. know what Pick I mean? Up some tips. Now, if, if if you just live in some like you know squalor and you're like, I don't care about what my yard looks like. There's trash out there. Well, maybe the home and garden show not for you necessarily. Not a lot of your street going on. No, dude. No, <laughs> Southwest Side is not going to be in attendance. Sorry, I inhaled that coffee a little too much. <coughs> so, before the break, we were talking about how um, nostalgia's kind of taken over the whole country. Yeah. And it really has. And when I was growing up, it was not all that different. And what I mean by that is, what we did back in the day is we rehashed an idea and renamed it. And you would see shows on TV that was like, oh, dude, this is just Charlie's Angels. It's right. just called this and like this and that. That's what they would do. Right. Now they skip all that. And instead of trying to fool you into the same premise being a new thing, they just call it what it used to be called and shove it down your throat. If, if anything, I would say that's probably the more successful model just based on you already care about these characters. You already know these stories. You already have, you know, relationships here. So it's probably just easier for me to be like, yep, more Ninja Turtles. Less explanation that needs to go into it. Right. Less setup. Right. And the next show that everybody's all excited for to make its return and to be rehashed is the Roseanne Barr show. Roseanne's coming back, and I believe it's actually coming back to ABC in March, right? So it's actually put being put on the actual network, okay? And so some announcements have been made about the Roseanne show. She herself, off the air, is a Donald Trump supporter. So she is now making her character on the show a Donald Trump supporter. Which I find very interesting because if I have my facts straight, ABC is the same network that was carrying Tim Allen's last man standing Uh and he had complained and thought that the network had canceled his show over the conservative views of it. Well, if that were true, then why are they greenlighting and pushing Roseanne's show who she says is going to tackle politics. She will be a Trump supporter on the show. She wants to represent those people. If that's their whole point of doing this, this flies in the face. And I remember saying then that this was not about the fact that it was a conservative base and that's not why the show got yanked off the air. I remember saying I feel like Tim Allen's crying right now about this. Well, triggered. And I feel like this is proof of that. 
where it's like, why would you then take a bigger franchise than that show was ever going to be and move it into this arena? And I mean, they're pimping it hard too. Like you watch, you watch ABC, and of almost almost are. inevitably every commercial break, there's going to be it would, a Roseanne. It would know. be insane not to. It's going to be, I would imagine, one of your strongest things out, at least temporarily. I don't know whether or not I think Roseanne will make a full-blown run the way it did back in the day, or if it will be, ah, uh, thanks, but no thanks. That remains to be seen. I'm going to probably say yes, that Roseanne's going to find success, just based on the fact of, like, I thought that, like, new Full House was going to be like, oh, dude, nobody's going to watch that. It's going to be terrible. Everyone watches it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that went huge. So, like, so, I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that's like, no, dude, who's going to watch Roseanne? It's going to be terrible. But, no, people are going to do it, especially, especially once you consider if she's out here before it even starts saying, like, yo, conservatives, this is your platform. I guarantee you, Trump supporters, this is your platform. I guarantee you just that alone is going to be more than enough for her to get a decent fan base out of it. Maybe I don't remember the Roseanne show all that well, but that's a complete turn from what the character was back in the day, right? To me, I don't think politics, and maybe I was too young, but I mean, my family totally watched Roseanne. Um, but I mean, there's me, that famous episode where the politician comes to the door and she roasts the crap out of him and says, he goes, well, I got to go. And he, she goes, oh, she grabs her coat. I'll go with you. Now, I don't know. I think that at that point, that was just like all politicians suck. You know what I mean? As opposed to like. Which is how America felt. Now, now she was very pro-union in that, but it's like that doesn't necessarily, number one, mean that's, that's what she believes now or that was what she believed in that moment. That was probably just like, yo, bitch, you're on this new show. Uh, this is the joke we're putting in here yeah, for you. Yeah, but I mean, that continued on into the run of that show. And I can't imagine there was a more powerful network star at that time than Roseanne Barr. Right? I can't remember every show that was on, but who had more power with the network than Roseanne? A lot of good stuff in the nineties. I mean, I don't know I don't I don't know where Roseanne okay, lands in the success of the nineties. Let's sitcoms. make her a power player though, which she totally was. I'm saying I think she would have had a little influence by season four. I just think that at that point this divide of politics wasn't nearly what it once was. So for her, it was probably like, well, whatever I believe aside, whatever I think, well, you know, you, we were more of hide who you are and just dive into who the character and is. just say all politicians suck. That's you know? fine. Yeah. She says here, it's just realistic about being a Trump supporter. She went out and I have always attempted to portray a realistic portrait of the American people and working class people. And in fact, it was working class people that elected Trump. So I felt that was very real and something that needed to be discussed. Where, you know, yes, I think there does need to be a representation of of America, and like I, I think that's valid of it of her. But like, where's the argument of like, well, keep your politics out of Hollywood. I don't want to hear your, you know, I don't want to hear your politics. I think what you're gonna see there is, and 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 it's it's not hypocrisy for this reason alone. The other people who they're asking that of aren't going away and stopping doing it. So therefore, what what are what's the only thing that's left? It's to create your version of it. This is what you were saying the about when we were arguing over YouTube monetization of videos. You said, "Well, create your own YouTube." Well, this is her creating their own their own 
outlet for that. So we're acknowledging that, like, all right, the concept of keep your politics out of it's it over. no longer exists. I, I think right so, now. So it's then, over. as long as nobody uses that argument anymore, as long as you well, know, well, but I mean, like, there's your hypocrisy of where, where it's like, well, you're going to scream at NFL players, keep your politics out of it. I just want to watch football. Why can I not scream that at Roseanne? Well, again, I think you're talking about a content-based thing that is situational shows are starting pistols for conversation. That's what they have always kind of been. And they kind of handle the topics of the day. I think that's different. Where I think people go, people did once upon a time go to sports to escape this. Golden Globe Awards then. You know what I'm saying? Shut up, Mini Driver. I don't care about your politics. Now, Roseanne's cool. Okay? Well, yeah, there's going to be... there. That's an issue. But I think what they're going to tell you is is that there's 7,000 liberal outlets for this, and Roseanne's going to be the one show on the other side. And so it's not necessarily hypocrisy when all when you're just trying to keep up with the rate of traffic versus you're the one speeding. She's just keeping up with traffic. Now, executive producer Bruce Alford noted the show will tackle political views. He says, we've had a ton of discussions on our beliefs, he said. We had to find a way for this family to get that debate going in a very honest and very real way. So whether you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump, it was really about getting that dialogue going in an honest way. He added that there's no agenda. Now, they're uh, slating this for a March 27th debut date. John Goodman is coming back. The kids are back. It's like most of the original cast members. They're using the second version of the oldest girl, although they're both in there, which is weird. Because they had switched that old, the oldest daughter once upon a time. Ended up using that girl that went on to do scrubs for a while. I think she is a comedic voice that this era right now could use. I remember, like, do you remember when she was on the cover of magazines with her, uh, what was it, the vacuum cleaner? Like, she was the poster woman for women's empowerment in the 90s. And I think, given what's going on in America and what's going on in Hollywood and this and that, I think right now is a great, great time to have Roseanne Barr come back to the television landscape. I think she's, I, I think it will be a welcomed addition to what's on TV and as a cord cutter you might even see me come back because she has that kind of drawing power we have another opportunity at $1,000 that will happen at 910 on Rock 106.9 The Stansberry Show We may not be a global epidemic yet on iHeartRadio This is a dream come true Canton's Rock Station Rock 106.9 Welcome back to The Stansberry Show opportunity is a thousand dollars it's nine ten this morning that's when you get your next keyword also we'll be doing new, uh, new tour tuesday during the, checking out the new justin timberlake during that i can't wait to hear that i haven't heard it yet but i am normally a fan of the timberlake he normally uh makes the good songs there it's been a while since he's had music out too so you know high expectations there it's like well dude if you take years off in between records what are you what are you doing making something really good yeah it has been a little while now huh yeah. I'm reading this article that's 10 clues she might be cheating on you. All right. Which, by the way, I think that these are probably clues that your your husband and or wife would be cheating on you, too. I don't know why we always make this one sex versus the other. I think these are just pretty common here. Um, she forgets which story she's telling you. And that's true. Because, like, it, I, I actually got busted like this once where I was 
talking to this woman. I was like, you remember we went and saw that movie? No, we didn't. Yes, we did. We went to this theater and we did this. And like by the end of the story, it was, um, so who'd you take to the movies? Because I didn't do that with you. And sure enough, I had got busted like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing they always say about cheating is just the amount of lies that you have to have going through your head and keeping it all straight and having it all figured out. That seems to be one of the most challenging parts of it. And another one of these here is if, you know, if your partner starts accusing you of cheating, duh, we've all heard this before, point one finger what's happening, three are pointing back at you. And that's kind of, and that's the truth there is that what you start to look through the world through your filter. So because of what you are doing, you then just assume that everybody else is doing it to you. And it's also a little diversion. What are you doing to keep this suspicion off of you? Yeah, the um, the mental gymnastics you have to go through to, to be a cheater accusing your partner of cheating. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh, no, I'm fine, but you, you're the real slut. They say here if she goes suddenly super happy out of nowhere, feels really good about herself out of nowhere, that that's probably a good indication that there's somebody else in her life making her feel that way. I don't know if a good indication, but somewhat of an indication. If you have a sudden confidence boost, like I can understand why you'd be like, wait a second, something br- changed. Was what brought it on? Yeah, something Does, happened. I, I would be. I, I, that's what I would say is that it would be an, enough of an indication that I would be curious what brought it about. Right now, it's not because like, they say good indicator, and it's like, no, I started a new Pilates class, and I feel better about myself, or I started saying positive words about myself, and all of a sudden, it's like, no, you're a cheating whore. Now, oh. this is a great indicator that somebody's cheating on you. If they're smiling at their phone, but will not tell you what they're smiling at, which if you're cheating, wouldn't you realize that I better have something to say here? Right. I better be able to whip up something on my phone or like show them something that makes that makes them think because otherwise not if I'm in a relationship with you. Now, maybe this is my age because of what relationships, what that word means versus what it means to some other people. If I'm in a relationship with you and you are resistant, not that I need to look through your phone, but you're resistant to show me something and I've asked you to see it. I, it does. It makes me curious. Yeah, like, hey, what are you laughing about over there? What's so funny? And then all of a sudden you're like, no, nothing, nothing at all. Like, that's that's definitely going to be a uh, an indicator you're doing something wrong. Another one of these here is when people get, you know, stop being interested in sex. It's not that they're not interested in sex. It's just that they're probably having that desire met somewhere else. And so they don't necessarily feel like they need to meet that desire back at home. And that is true. Both, But again, both sexes here. This isn't about women. This is about humans. I think that... Uh, you know that's not like I said about the other. It's it's not necessarily like the like. All right, that's a red. F- or, you know, it's not necessarily like the smoking gun, but it is a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. It says here another one of these is if they won't let you look through her phone and or computer. These are signs that people are cheating on you. I don't know. I don't know if not letting somebody look through my phone. Or let them look through my computer. Isn't there just a little bit of, dude, I want my space. Yeah, of course, 100%. I don't think that anybody should really have to like, well, all of our accounts are joint and all of our, you know, social medias are shared and all those different things. You should have your own space. But I think what that kind of gets to is like, like, like last night on the couch, I'm like, oh my gosh, this picture's so funny and handed my girlfriend my phone without like concern of like, well, what happens if she swipes left or accidentally presses something? That's a good if relationship. You're super, if you're super private about like, well, she can never touch my phone. You can't be shocked that she you views that as you hiding something. Yeah, I, I no, I, I would be the same way. Pick up the phone, answer it. I just, or like, right. hey, answer that for me, right? Because I know I don't have anything to worry about. I would grant. I, I would agree with. But that. but I'll, I'll give her my phone. Hey, answer it. Hey, look at 
this. But if I found her like sitting there going through my emails, then I'd be like, what the F is this? Like there's 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 a, a, a middle ground there. They say if someone is resistant or if their phone's always on silent or they don't answer every phone call, it's a good indicator they're cheating on you. And I don't buy that at all. My phone is normally on silent because I, I, I turn it on silent when I when I come into the studio in the morning to not have it go off during the program. And then what happens is throughout my day, then I get lazy and forget to turn it back on. So my phone's on silence and I am the exact kind of person who watches my phone ring, look at it and go, not right now. And don't answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, 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 this is all circumstantial evidence. If you're using any of this is like, well, dude, guilty, then then you really are selling, selling your relationship short. The other one here is if they're constantly on their phone, well, good luck finding somebody who's not right. 2018. I mean, every adult, kid, child, everybody is like, we are slaves to these things. Now, the thing I will say about that is that if this is happening, if you are being cheated on, undeniably, their phone is the tool being used to, uh, to you know, expedite those things. Like, yes, you were going to find evidence on that phone. Yes, there are. going. So, like, I understand why you look at it and think, like, all right, you're constantly on this. You're always sitting there messaging people on Facebook. What's going on there? But that doesn't necessarily mean just because she's playing Candy Crush means that she's, you know, banging the entire block. I was going to say, I don't think it's. This constantly being on your phone is not your partner's problem. This is a this is a human being problem we're having right now, and I don't think it's uncommon to be on your phone as much as people are these days. It's not probably not the best way to go about things, but it's not uncommon. They say if people get super defensive over simple questions, that that means that something may be a muck, and I would agree. Like, why are you getting like why are you freaking out if I'm just inquiring now? If you're asking the same simple questions over and over again or multiple days in a row when you've been told and things have been explained to you, then I don't think that that's them getting defensive over the questions. That's them getting defensive over the fact that you keep putting them in a defensive position to answer themselves when they've already answered it. This is what I've always felt about cheating. My brother gave me a great piece of advice when I was a kid, actually. And he says, Dan, you can think. You can feel as if the girl you're with is is not and would never cheat on you. The moment you know for sure she won't, you should probably get out of that relationship because she's fooled you into thinking that she's anything but human. So you got to get out of that, right? And I've always kind of lived by that, which is I will believe it. I don't trust it inherently because of, of people. Also, if you are at the point where you are taking your partner's phone and searching through it, you are only doing that Because that is your internal warning system telling you that what you want to see is, in fact, in there. If you are looking for the evidence, the evidence is probably there. That is instinct. And I would tell you that what you're going to find in there is only going to make you feel worse. So if there's a couple of red flags and you're sitting there thinking, I need to know for sure, do you really? Or do you just maybe man up, woman up, adult up, and say to yourself, you know what? This is not the relationship for me right now. I need to go and find myself a situation where I will not feel like this. And I think if you're starting to look for proof that your person's cheating, it's because you already know deep down inside that they are. We have $1,000. You'll have it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansberry here. When you get in a car accident, the first thing you think is, I can't believe this idiot just hit me. The second thing you think is, 
where am I going to get this fixed at? I want it done fast and I want it done right. And that's where North Canton Collision comes in. No matter what type of accident you've been in, big or small, North Canton Collision fixes them all. You can call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason right now at 330-499-5171. And those guys will be glad to give you a no-cost estimate on your repair. Again, it's North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. Yeah. Hopefully she gets all the words right. All right, we gotta do something here. My friend Jackie said to me yesterday, "You're gonna love it. It's so catchy." So I'm interested. She's normally got good taste. You can barely hear him. Would have never known it was him. Yeah. Doesn't even sound like him. Yeah, he's definitely overpowered by that Skrillex track in the background. Whatever he's got going on there, it doesn't complement his style of singing very It well. sounds like an 80s song, and I get that that's all the rage right yeah. now. The weekend kind of ushered all that back in, but like this, I mean, really does sound like, who's that guy that sang that song? Cars, Gary, whatever that guy's name was. Like, that's who it, it sounds a little Adam Antish is what this sounds like. Put your filthy Sounds like Kraftwerk. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. It does. Doesn't it sound like, comes oh, like Kraftwerk? It, it, at the very least, it sounds like he was listening to a bunch of Kraftwerk and was like, all right, hey, let's go make a song today. Yeah, this, for sure. it, that's what it sounds like to me, yeah. They were great. Justin Timberlake, filthy.
playing the queue. They announced that yesterday. Yeah, people lost their minds over that. I'm sure JT is a good show, dude. I'm sure. Got lucky enough to see that. And he is. He's an entertainer for sure. But this... This is the problem with an artist getting too big. Is sometimes you do need a producer to sit you down and go, no. <laughs> no. Like, no, buddy. We're going to go this way. Yikes. It just doesn't fit his, you're right, it doesn't fit his singing. You're married with kids, you're not walking out of the club at 6 o'clock in the morning. You think Jessica Biel lets him stay out till 6 o'clock in the morning? Really? Every married guy just went, nope, there's no way that's happening. Ugh. Was that the end of that? That was the end of that. That's the end of that? That was the end of that. Oh, Phantom, give me the vote. It's a turn. Um, the thing is, is like, I don't think that was an atrocious song, but like, Justin Timberlake, you are one of the biggest pop stars on the, on the, on the planet for a reason. And if you go five years in between releasing records and that's the one you come out of the gate with, if that was an, if that was like track to track 11 and never made its way to a single, I'd probably be like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's an album song. But if that's what you're coming out of the gate swinging with, man, that's a turd. Not very good. Yeah, I I will reiterate those sentiments, and I feel like, yes, when you're Justin Timberlake, you are, the expectations on you, whether unfair or not, does not matter. Those are the expectations, and the beat was super catchy, but A, could not tell it was him, and what's the point of a Timberlake song if I don't know it's Timberlake? If you want to do a song with the Chainsmokers, do a song with the Chainsmokers. Get it. Chainsmokers featuring Justin Timberlake. They're going to make a hit. And I would have been like, like, "Eh, yeah, whatever, that song, but then at least it's not your first single out of the gate, man. Not very good. Multiple people telling me sounds like a Prince song. I I would agree, other than the fact that everything Prince touched was awesome, and that song was a huge turd. It's a turd. Wow, that was just... Bad. New Kid Rock, American Rock and Roll. Next on Rock 106 before the break, we played you the new Justin Timberlake and my friend Jackie texted me and she was like, to be fair, all I told you yesterday is that it was catchy. I didn't tell you that you would love it. I didn't tell you that you would like it. It's that the beat was catchy and I would give her that the beat was catchy. I didn't even feel like it was that catchy, honestly, especially considering that there was like no real chorus in there. I, if anything, that was probably the, the thing I would complain about is like, dude, if you're going to if you're going to write a song like that, man, get to the hook, get, you know, get it in there. I thought the beat was catchy enough and you obviously did, too, because you could not stop chair dancing the entire time it was on. So the beat did its job. But I would agree that Justin Timberlake. Uh, that, that was not his best offering there with New Filthy. We have New Kid Rock for you. This song is called American Rock and Roll. This is the, the country song this week. That's all he does anymore. Pretty much. This makes Southern rock. Even though he's from the North. Midnight riding in my old two-seater Rolling down the boulevard Headlights shining on rusty fences As I pass the rail yard 
black leather jacket on a Friday night Fire up the lighter and a lucky strike Radio saying take a walk on the wild side And it's got me feeling like Is that the best rock and roll bands ever aren't from America? Led Zeppelin? No. Stones? No. Maiden? No. Black Sabbath? No. I mean, most... David Bowie? No. Most of the best rock music doesn't come from America. So, that's kind of a problem. American rock and roll. The banner on the courthouse flying Proud red, white, and blue I can see her waiting on the corner Smiling cause she feels just like I do Now she's sitting right next to me Everything's how it ought to be Being young in the land of the free And she's got me feeling like Dude who's not in particularly a good singer, man, this guy made a career in music, you know? He's not a traditionally great singer, but I enjoy him. I enjoy hearing him sing. Like, if you just heard that voice at, like, karaoke, you'd probably be like, God, this guy sucks, dude. What are you doing up there? Get him off the stage. But you're right. There's something about him that is very, like, no, I want to hear it. There are certain people. Luke Bryan's one of these guys. So he does not have a great singing voice. And yet when you hear him, it just feel it does feel right. And it does feel like he should be a singer. He's got that raspy thing that helps him, too. Sweet emotions from Aerosmith, so yes, but Rain Over Me was The Who, also not from America. That's that's my only problem so far, is that the best of music didn't come from this country. Defenses as I pass the rail yard.
was a moment where, where there was more soul and meaning in American rock and roll. My favorite artist, one of my favorite artists of all time, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. You could make that argument. A little more soulful, a little bit more rock and roll, real attitude in that. I get what he's doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a... It, 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 it's it's a it's a winning equation that he has going on here. There's no doubt about that. There's new kid rock, American rock and roll fans. Don't give me the vote. Eh, it's mm. half a turd. It wasn't a bad song. I mean, it was everything I kind of expected out of a new kid rock song. But at the same time, it kind of felt pointless to me. Like there was no real emotion to it. I felt like this was very much just like a, yeah, it's good enough. So we'll release it. But it just, it, it very much just kind of felt lukewarm in my mouth. So I, I mean, Ooh, a hell weird. half and half there. A little half a turd. I'm going to go further and say that song was a turd. It's a turd. Oh, that didn't do anything for me. And, I, and I'm a kid rock fan. I, yeah. I'm a Kid Rock supporter. That just did not do much for me. New Judas Priest, Lightning Strikes, next. Your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio alter ego. Now, text the keyword MUSIC to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's MUSIC to 200-200. Clock, you'll get a roadblock announcement for the iHeartRadio awards. Nice. You'll get all that information tomorrow at 9 o'clock on the program. Looking forward to that. Nice. We're nearing the end of New Tour Tuesday. We played you the new Justin Timberlake. We both voted turd on that. That song was not good. Then we played you the new Kid Rock, American Rock and Roll. Fantone felt half a turd. I felt like full-blown turd. And now we have new Judas Priest. Yeesh. Lightning strikes. Right out of the gate how I expected it, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> right oh out of the gate. God. God, cut the head of the demon off and bring it to you. Jeez. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Did he just say I'm peeling the skin from his face? Wait a minute, Rob Halford. You melt skin from faces. You don't peel it, you melt it. Some of this is touched up, but he can still sing. Oh, of course, dude. And listen to how well they play together. And that's who this band is, dude. I mean, not oh, not my favorite band of this era or of this stylings, but like you could never deny how like tight these dudes Oh, no, are. they were great. I was a bigger Iron Maiden fan. Still am, but they were great. Metal lyrics are just ridiculous in nature. This is because they have to be. And just so melodramatic about everything. <laughs> just so like the lightning will strike. And well, I mean, otherwise the chains on the clothing don't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless you're going to battle in Middle Earth and take down fire demons, then all of a sudden the clothing just is like, well, why are you wearing that? Much 
much what I thought it was going to be, which is musically, it's great. Lyrically, it's like, whoa. How together is this band still? I, I, I mean, I don't know who these dudes are, but... um. I'm pretty sure KK Downing's still in that band. Rob's actually still there. I don't know outside of that because I don't actually, if I was pressed to give you the original lineup, I'm not sure I know it. Sowing the seeds of a nightmare from hell. <laughs> Sounds great. I just think it's hard. It's like it's like making a, 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 a like a horror movie. It's just it's hard, dude. And I think making heavy metal songs now is hard. At least a part of that is you're older now, and when you hear like you know we've got to fight the, the you know the ice demons, then you're like, oh my god, this is the dumbest thing ever. Right. If you were 16, still you'd be like, all right. It's just like, dude, when, when you're, you're right. It is a little bit about age because when you get away from it, and you're like, wait a minute, the entire effing decade was about Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> like all of it. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, dude. All I'm thinking right now is, dude, I gotta go home and buy more t-shirts. Like, what am I doing? I can't have this stuff on my chest. I just see Jack Black in that movie. Oh, the, yeah. The Pick of Destiny. Oh, like, yeah. that's what I saw the entire time during that. That's new Judas Priest lightning strike. Fanto, give me the vote. Not a turd. My expectations said reality, and I had very low expectations for a song from them in 2018. I mean, was it the greatest song ever? No, but like, if I was, you know, riding my stallion, you know, using a double-edged axe to chop the heads off of the Goblin King, I feel like that would be the soundtrack to it. Not a turd. I'm going to agree and vote not a turd. Not a turd. I felt like what I was going to get was going to get a lot worse than that. Uh I felt like, dude, 2018 Judas Priest was going to be way worse. I do want to address one more thing before ending the program. And this is, I posted this at my personal Facebook page. And that's an important thing to point out that I did not take the stations and or the show's Facebook page to post this. 
But I asked people, please stop posting these pictures of Oprah and Harvey Weinstein together because those are were taken before the news broke. And so all you're really doing is proving to me that you don't understand how photography works and that, yes, powerful media types are going to stand next to one another and have their photo taken in social situations. It's not like she found out, went over his house the next day, was like, yo, bitch, let's selfie together pictures, and, right? and put that out on her Instagram. So, like, let's stop. And then, sure enough, what do I, one of the first comments is, is from a guy named Cecil. Will you stop talking about politics on Facebook? This is what's wrong with the media. Well, first of all, Cecil, I'm not a media member. I am not news. This is, I will say it until they put me in the goddamn casket. This is not a journalistic endeavor. This is an opinion-based program that is centered around all things. I bar nothing here. Okay, so there's that. Also, Cecil, because you want to pay so close attention, neither Oprah nor Harvey Weinstein are politicians. Nothing in the post was political. So this is about you, not about me. Not about me. This is about you. You want to be angry at Oprah and somebody's pointing out to you that you shouldn't be, but you just want to be up on your hill and be pissy. Something tells me if I was posting those pictures of Oprah and Harvey Weinstein and was condemning her, you would be lauding me then, applauding and saying, yes, this is why I love you. But in reality, what's happened is, is, oh no, this radio guy I really like, I just found out it's on the opposite side of something of me. I can never listen to him ever again. And I'm going to threaten to unfollow. He He's threatened to now unfollow me in the radio station. Cecil, see ya, dude. We don't care. More Stansberry Show. Head your way tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. When you get in a car accident, the first thing you think is, I can't believe this idiot just hit me. The second thing you think is, where am I going to get this fixed at? I want it done fast and I want it done right. And that's where North Canton Collision comes in. No matter what type of accident you've been in, big or small, North Canton Collision fixes them all. You can call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason right now at 330-499-5171. And those guys will be glad to give you a no-cost estimate on your repair. Again, it's North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small.